0: So, when we came back into the United States in what, 2015, I think our kids had only been to a camp one time. I think we'd, it's actually in Wisconsin. I think it's the only camp our kids had ever been to. Uh, they'll probably correct me on that later. But um, swimming was kind of a, a new thing uh, because over there, the only place to swim was kind of this nasty, uh, river that flowed so slowly, they actually they called it the sea. They called it like a they they called it like a lake. That was um, in in fact, if you pay attention to news for the last year, you've heard about this nuclear power plant or whatever. That's like the area where we could go swimming. That they they've widened it out into a reservoir to, for for cooling this nuclear power plant. So everything is green and it's nasty and there's nothing in there. It's just, it's just gross, and so. So our kids were not the best swimmers. Uh, so when we came back, we were here for like two weeks and, and, and we got to go to really our first camp uh, for, for many of them. I think Benjamin probably would remember the one we were at in Wisconsin, but the others probably don't remember. It was up in like Ladyfinger, I think, somewhere up there. And anyway, so, so it was a big deal. Swimming in a pool, in an ice pool, was a big deal. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, some years earlier, this, this was a Christian camp, and they had someone die in the pool. So, so we had a buddy system, and and uh, like if someone something happens and someone does it, everybody jumps out and you grab your buddy. Uh, and and you had to pass a swim test, and they have a a bracelet It'd go on. You go in and they check you in, and check you out. It was like that was a it was a high maintenance pool for a camp, but you figure out you you know why, and uh, but you had to. To, to swim in the deep end, you had to pass this test. Uh, if you're gonna, if, you know, so, so they, they made you go back and forth and tread water and do all this stuff. Uh, and, and it was an accomplishment. I think, I think Benjamin had his bracelet like the whole summer and he would like tape it back together once he, he, <laughs> he wouldn't take it off for the next one. He had the, he had the, the one from the first day. It was an important, it was an accomplishment. Right? it meant something uh you'd learned to swim that because it was important for him to be able to do that like the first day uh and, and pass that test and all of our kids have gone through this rite of passage and and our kids look a little bit younger than than most kids their age so so when, when our kids pass the swim test at like the y m c a or whatever they're like i don't know and like, you know, no, he's actually, you know, like four years older than you think he is. Don't worry about it. Uh, so, but this, it's, it's an accomplishment, swimming in the deep end, being mature. Um, I want to recap our series and kind of look at our year so far. Uh, we've been talking about getting closer to God. And in this series, particularly, we've been talking about being deeper in, in some way. Talk about going deeper into God's word. We've been talking about, uh, you know, how, how getting close to Him means more than just an understanding of some information and, and information about what God likes and what God wants. Uh, we've talked about committing it to memory. That's important. And, and, and the various ways that we, we go deeper. Or it might just mean light reading to start your day and kind of have a, a general thing than you know, to, to start off with a general tone for your day. There's a lot of different things about the, the word. And then, then last week we talked about making that applicable uh, by correcting self. Uh, an inspection of our lives and our habits and our decisions. Uh, the scripture is to, to complete us. That's the purpose. And it is complete. And it, it digs all the way down, the Bible says, all the way down into our motives. And, and so we talked about The mirror. The mirror that that reveals who we are. Uh, condition is a statement, right, of my present, with a view to the past. In other words, when I when I look at myself in a mirror, right, that that tells me what I am, right now. But but there's an implication in the mirror that I got to where I am today by a means of something. Okay, right. So this week we, we had our ice cream, we do our annual tradition, last day of school, we go out for ice cream. And, and there's there's one member of our family, you can guess, but one of them really looks, you can tell what he's been doing for the last 20 minutes. Right? You can tell that ice cream, and specifically chocolate, has been involved in this person's <laughs> life. Right? It's not just a, I wonder where this came from. Right? There's an there's a understanding that there's been a, a recent history. And when we look in a mirror, we, we do that too, and it's not just an indication of, of who I am right now, but it's an indication of how I got here. It's a, a view of the present with a view to the past. I just didn't suddenly develop my set of habits. Where did they come from? Well, they come from a lifetime of of motives and things like that. When we talk about change, well, that's a statement of my present with a view to the future. I'm going to make a change. I need to make a change. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm saying, needs change. There's an implication of a future decision. And this is the deep end that we're going to be talking about today. So I want to look at some things that are involved in making these changes. Uh, The first thing is to move past the past. Luke chapter 9, verse 59 through 62, he says, Another one said, follow me. And here Jesus is talking about various disciples. I want to just look at two of them. And he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another one said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say farewell to those who are at my house. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, we've talked about this first guy before, because some people think this is really harsh. You can't go to a funeral. That's crazy. What, what is God doing here? I mean, what is Christ... I mean, that's harsh. Well, as we know, this was a... Around death, we have nice phrases, right? We, we, pass, we, we say, pass away. We, we say nice phrases to soften the harshness. Well, this was one of their soft phrases around it. And this meant to, to, to bury the dead was the way they said... Uh, because they didn't have nursing homes, I'm going to go home and take care of my elderly parent until they die. Right? There, was, there was time involved, in other words. And that's an indefinite thing. I don't know. Some, he, he could be a year, he could be two. I can't be your disciple because, you know, I've got this responsibility. And Jesus says, you know, there's other people in your home. You, 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 you have a family. But the, the Let the people who are not interested in spiritually things, he calls them dead people, spiritually dead. Let the the people who are just secular in your home take care of those secular things. And, 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 And you have a goal. You want to be a disciple? They don't want to be. Let them take care of the physical things. Let them take care of your dad. We're not throwing your dad out. You come follow me. It's not really that harsh at all. But the second guy, this one is odd. Because he says... I just want to go home and say goodbye to the people in my house. Let me just go say farewell. Now, even if this was a process, it's still a short process, right? Even if he's going to go have a party and then leave, it's a really... This is not, you know, we could be here years. You know, you don't mean, you know, when you have people over. That's probably what was going on here. There's probably people over at the house when you... Back then, when you travel and you visit someone, you visit. <coughs> it's not like pop in for the, like, oh my goodness, it's been three hours and you're still here. It, it, it's, it could be weeks. Okay, so so, okay, so, this is a party that's lasting for weeks. Okay, like, that's not a major delay. why is Jesus upset about this one? This is certainly short term. Well... What do you think when he goes back, he's going to talk about it? So, I've got a new opportunity. And what's that? Well, uh, there's this guy, Jesus. And he wants me to leave everything and travel around with him. How is that going to go over you think that's going to fly? That's a great business opportunity. That's a great career path for you, son. He's going back likely, I think, to pass this one by and see if it floats. We call it a trial balloon. Well, the is obviously going to come back. They're going to convince him. And he knows this. You ever had a really great idea and, and you, you were going to jump into it and you pass it by somebody and they convince you not to do it, right? This is not a good idea. Okay, maybe I, yeah, you're right. That was a little hasty of a plan. And that's what's going to happen. And Jesus knows it. You're going to do it. And he says, no one, and this is where we want to get to. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. That's an odd statement. Unless, I suppose, you know farming. I didn't know farming. But uh, this is what happens. <laughs> but you, you want straight furrows. I, I do know from, I, I learned snowboarding right up until I hurt myself severely. Uh, and, and you want, someone, this is what someone told me. He said, I'm going to teach you four things how to snowboard. I'm going I'm to teach you how to go. I'm going to teach you how to stop. I'm going to teach you how to turn left. And I'm going to teach you how to turn right. And then you're on your own. He's a snowboard instructor. He's like, that's all you need to know. So I'm like, okay. So he's like, get on your board. All right. So we, we went down straight. Okay. Bring it back up. Okay. And then he taught me how to stop. Okay. Turn center. All right. But he said, you want to go that direction? I was like, yeah. He's like, look that direction. Really? Just look there. And I went there. I was like, it was amazing. <laughs> you, you want to turn right? Yeah. Look right. You'll, you'll you just do it you'll just do it because you lean that way well you you look back you ever we do this when we're driving all the time you look over your shoulder where you're at you're in the next person's lane why you do this right that's what we do and so here's... it's just you know it's not high speed but hit oxen right got oxen you got the whatever it looks like. I don't know what the apparatus looks like. You do this, and you look back to see where you've been. Boom. Ops doesn't know that you don't want to go straight. He's like, oh, he wants me to go this direction. And you end up with that. He says, no one, you're going to start plowing, and you're going to start looking over the shoulder to see where you've been. You're not going to plow straight lines. So, so the idea is, as Christians... As people following God, he says, I want you to look forward because if you're looking in the past of your life and and all the things, for, for whatever reason, there's different reasons you can do it. You can be, oh, I wish I had the... Or, all the guilt I have from the... right, All the stuff we tend to look in our past, for whatever motivation I'm looking in my past, it's very difficult for me to go forward in a straight direction. So he says, you're looking at your past. He's telling these disciples, you're looking at your past. You've got to put that behind you. Don't look back. Uh, Paul said it this way. He said, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, I forget what lies behind. Not, not, he didn't factually forget it. But he he did not, let, he did not focus there. And reach forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If you are one of these, or I should say, unless you are one of these two creatures, you do not have the ability to focus on two things. There's <laughs> only two things in God's creation that can focus on two things. I, I love Wait, you hear people say. These are the things we need to focus on. Big one. You can't do two. Right? Oh, businesses love to focus on. Well, we're going to focus on doing this and this and this. No, you're not. You're going to focus on one. Because if one comes into conflict with the other, that's the one you're going to go with. You're going to focus on one, and you're going to do the other one kind of iffy. That's the way it always is. One's going to have your attention. And the other one you kind of, kind of look we'll over at. That's the way we are. Focus on one thing. So, so he's Jesus is, the, Paul, same, th- same message. You can only focus in one direction. So you're going to want that one to be your forward direction. <clears throat> Second concept here that I want to talk about. Um, is planning ahead. And this is going to contain a couple of ideas here. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, Where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Now in, in likelihood in this passage, he's speaking of a prophetic vision or, or inspiration. But the idea works. The idea is the same. Because what we've talked about, that, that, that prophecy was, was the idea, we, we, when we talked about the mirror, we talked about how it was really the, the nature of prophecy was that it was an inferior state when they had to rely on people. That, that we now have a scripture that, that duplicates that. And, and in fact, it supersedes that. It, it's, it's, it's far better than the state where they existed, where they where they had to rely on a, on a person to give them their prophetic vision all the time, so so it's really the same concept, but even even more so. the, the what what Solomon writes is even more accurate when applied to our lives, that that where there is no vision, where there's no idea of where we want to go, based on the scriptures, based on my life and what I want it to be, and what God wants it to be, more importantly, people cast off restraint. People live like they want to. There's no vision. You take this. this idea works anywhere you try, even like in secular circles, if there's no vision, if there's no mission statement, if there's no whatever the business plan, it's just kind of people being busy and doing this thing and that thing and it's really helter-skelter, it's really not productive at all. There's no restraint, there's no order, there's no structure. People need a vision. Not just in a big group. I need a vision, I need a goal. And without, without a plan for the future, I'm just going to wander around aimlessly until I die. I have to begin with the goal of what I want to be. You know, <clears throat> I want you to think about the stories your grandparents told. They have great stories. Or your parents, depending on your age bracket. They have great stories. When I was a kid, and sometimes you wonder how the story has grown, right? But it began with a, like, even the beginning, even if you like, okay, so probably then it wasn't that great, but it was still a good story. You to think about the stories that people are gonna tell 50 years from now. there it was. <laughs> Like, that's the whole life that they're going to tell when they were a kid. That's it. My well, grandpa, that wasn't that exciting. I know, but you just had to be there. because he was. I was on my headset, and he was doing the thing over at his house. No goal. It's wandering around aimlessly through life with no where I'm going to end up, where I'm going to be, and what I'm going to do. We want to then move on to the next end, the, the, the next part of this deep end. And that is, well, I got to get there. It says, Go to the ant, sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any boss, right? No, I mean, a chief officer, ruler, she prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest she has achievable steps in other words we do this thing where i'm going to get around to it sometime i'm going to do it i don't know when but i am going to do it right we have the goal in mind it's there i see in my mind it's going to get done and we say it's going to get done sometime well as long as my brain my brain processes that and my my as someone described it present me trusts future me really too much, right, because because I say sometimes this is going to happen, so present me says future me is going to take care of this, because sometimes it's going to happen, and future me is like, thanks a lot, past me should have taken care of it. it's way too much, I can't do this all, We program our brain to think that it's going to magically be accomplished at some point in the future, and it's never going to be. Because we have no way to get there from where we're at. We are too busy. Oh, stop me if you've heard these phrases. Enjoying the now. Just enjoy living in the moment. Right? You've heard those phrases. Listen to the ant. The ant is not enjoying the now. The ant is not basking in the sunshine, the smell of the roses. When the time is, we, the, oh, this is the time to relax and enjoy, the answer, no, this is not the time to relax. When it's cold and hard outside, that's when I want to be inside relaxing. I'm getting nods from the back corner here. Yeah. So we need to have perspective. That's the next thing. I did this. Um, well, read, the psalm says, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And I think, wait a minute. I thought only God could number my days. Hey, isn't God the only one that can number my days? I've I I, I read that somewhere. The guy is the one that can count the hairs on my head and knows how long i'm going to live and all those things I knew him before i was even born i can't do that so why is he telling me to number my days i don't think he's saying that you can figure out how long you're going to live but i think he's saying <clears throat> you can live in such a way that you're breaking down your life into stages i, I did the, uh, an experiment we moved over to ukraine and my first year we we're doing the we had a youth group <laughs> And I remember this, this particular session, it was one of a couple that I, very, uh, I remember very well. And I, uh, we did an experiment, I said, you know, they, they were mostly college kids uh, and maybe just slightly younger. And, uh, and I said, okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna plan your life. What are your goals and things like that? College kids are very into the planning thing, right? And, uh, and so, so I said, so where do you wanna be five years from now? And I had to write down their goals. I said, where do you wanna be 10 years from now? And we went through, the week. I kept on going, kept on going, I, I had them to about 130 years old before one of them figured out what I was doing. They're like, I guess we die? <laughs> I was gonna keep on going. I would have had them 300 years old. I was gonna have them another 10 years. What are you gonna be? Where are you gonna be in 10 years? What are you gonna, right? That was the, the goal was, was to try to teach, but, but it was like, now think about all the ways you're going to get to whatever age that question mark is at. Where, wherever that is that it cuts off, And God says, oh, that's the number. Wherever that is, how are you going to get to that point? That's numbering your days. How are you going to get Well, okay, I want to be there. It's not going to magically happen there. So how am I going to get there? What what is, what's the process from where I'm at right now? Because I'm nowhere like that. If life is a series of achievable steps, right now I have perspective that allows me to get from where I am at to where I want to be. Next one. Doing a cost analysis. Luke 14.28 says, For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it? Now he talks about building a tower... But the one that's really interesting to me in this text is he talks about kings going to war. right? Kings going to war and saying, I don't have enough. <clears throat> the reason I think that's important is because I we do the wrong thing with this text. We do the wrong thing. The way this tends to be, that I I'm not saying that we say this per se, but... Uh, It just seems to be the application is that we should, if we don't have enough, give up. I don't have enough. I should probably not build this tower. I don't have enough money to finish the project. You know, uh, how many kings do you suppose there are in history that said, I don't have enough men or money for this war"? I kind of wish a guy about a year ago would have thought of that one. Based on recent events, that'd be nice. But you know what? I know in every war, at least one guy in that war didn't have enough and still went to war. Otherwise, we would have no wars because one guy would say, I don't got enough. I'm going home. And the other guy would say, thank you, saved me a lot of trouble. But what the guy who doesn't have enough does is he this: I think I can get it. Let me raise taxes. Let me uh, let me draft some people. I think I got enough. That's the idea behind doing a cost analysis. The idea is not for me as a Christian to say, "I don't think I have enough to get to where I want to be. I'm just going to give up." And come to Sunday and sit in the pew. That's what I'm going to do. Because I ain't got enough to get where I want to go. I well. now you need to dig and find some so you can get to where you want to be. That's the point. That's really what he's trying to say. I don't know what the goals are that you have this is how I dive in this is a picture last night in my heart I've got to get something done I know it's on the table so what I do is I buy a massive amount of whatever it is that goes into and then I throw it in my yard and I know it's not going to sit there forever because I'm going to get sick and tired of not being able to use my patio (laughs) so this is how I do it Uh, I guess I gotta dig post holes. Ah. I gotta dig up a long trench. Ah. Dive in because you know I I know as soon as I throw a massive amount of lumber in my backyard, I'm gonna start figuring out all the steps I have to do to get that where it needs to go. Oh. Well, before I can do that, I have to do this. And the plan starts coming together. That's just that's how I do it. It's a good plan. Maybe some of you are more organized. This is how present me takes the burden off of future me. This is just my method. You can develop your own method. But if you ain't got a method, this one works. I'm just telling you. Spiritually, Andrew, okay, that's lumber. What does it look like? We're going to go through that beginning next week. We're going to kind of transition to a different series called On to Perfection. We talked about the perfect, right? The Bible is perfect. It's a a complete thing. And, And I want to be complete. I want to be mature. I want to be more than what I am. That's the goal. There are two types, really. We could subdivide them. There are two types of long-term spiritual goals. There's abstract and concrete. Let me break some of these down for you. you uh, I wanna be more giving, right? I wanna be more giving, I wanna be more patient, I wanna be more wise, right? Those are abstract. They're very difficult to uh, quantify. Concrete ones are I want to break a particular habit. I, I do this thing. I want to stop doing this thing. Or I don't do this thing. I want to start doing this thing. Right? Habits that I've had or not had. I want to read my Bible every day. Good habit. Uh, I want to, you know, whatever it is. So some people, the, the Bible says, listen. Uh, it's. I, we don't really think about this. We don't talk about this one. But the Bible says, "He who desires the office of an elder desires a good work." Ever You know, in twenty years, I want to be an elder in a congregation. Like, said who ever? Like, who ever says that? But the Bible does. The Bible does. The Bible says that's a lofty goal. Kids in college aren't thinking that. I'm telling you, we don't think that. There's also, I would like to be a teacher. I would like to be, whatever. I would, and we can look at all these very concrete goals, whatever they are. How do I get there? Because, it, you know, I I want to I want to be very evangelistic. I would like to be evangelistic. I would I would like to be one of these people that they just they. they They can talk to people about Christ and it doesn't it doesn't did not they don't look intimidated. I would love I would love to be that person by the way. That's hard. That's hard. How do I get there? Well we're gonna talk about a lot of that. But but generally speaking, do something that's in back up. Back up. Is it a function that you want to do? We just talk about functions? Okay. Teaching a kid's class, that, that's, that's, that's daunting for a lot of people. Okay. Shadow somebody. We have opportunities downstairs. Shadow somebody. Small. You don't even have to prepare the class. Marie will prepare the class for you, and you can just sit in with her. Guarantee it. Work your way up to some of those, and then this is no problem, right? Well, it's a problem when you're first starting, or or maybe it's a habit. I've had this habit my whole life. I've I've seen what it takes people to break an alcohol habit, for example, and I've seen those people get their 25 year chip. But if you ask them to start out, you're gonna make it 25 years in the hoop. <laughs> How do you do that? Well, I'm gonna be sober this hour. That's where it starts. I'm gonna make it one hour. I'm gonna make it a morning. I'm gonna make, like, I'm gonna relapse, but I'm gonna make it a morning. I'm gonna make, make it this month. And pretty soon you're like, I'm coming up on a year. I'm coming up on five years. You're like, I don't remember when the last time I really wanted to even do this thing was. And you can take whatever habit it is, it works the same way. Whatever habit you want to develop or get rid of, it works the same way. Or maybe it's just that general character. <clears throat> I want to be more giving. Oh, I know how to do that one. Give something. It starts it rolling right there. Give something. And give something a little bit more important. Then give something a little bit more important. Like, oh, it's not always money. Some time. Here's here's something. Oh, I don't have time. Good. Give something. Just a little bit. And and soon, you're like, Oh, I'm step four. I'm step five. I'm... And that's how you dive in. That's how you get to the deep end. And that, that's how you wear that, you get to that bracelet and you pass, it. like, oh, I've made it. And, and pretty soon, you know what people are saying? And not that this is the motivation, but, but I'm saying you won't recognize it. And people will go, just like you were, like, whatever years ago, I wish I could be like that person. Because I, I look at people and they go, I, I I have no idea how I could ever be like that person. That, that that's an amazing person. That's a, we were talking. we were talking about giving. Uh, we have some visitors here, and, and uh, I'm going to embarrass But I broke. is it it kind of cool. So I broke down in, in Hastings, Nebraska. Actually, it wasn't me. It was a, a friend's car, and I was I was in the car with them, and we broke out outside of, of Hastings, Nebraska, and. Uh, like there's got to be a church Christ in here, pull in and, and I first church that we looked at in the telephone book and I knew a guy in the church. I'd seen him out in, out, in, out in Massachusetts like years earlier. Like, pull, that's pretty cool. So we had a car that was broken down. we were coming back it was spring break. And uh, this guy Gary Brinkforter Well to do said, well, do you guys want to borrow my Oldsmobile for my Cadillac? We'll take the Olds. Just the Oldsmobile. that'll be fine. Just, no hesitation. No hesitation. Like, college kids, Cadillac, that was not good. You need to get back to college. You got school Sunday morning. Get back. Not a, it didn't happen immediately. Didn't happen immediately. I, I know that there was probably a time in, in young Gary's life where that probably wouldn't have been the first thing on him, it, right? It's like. <laughs> but we get there. We get there through a series of decisions. So that's the, that's the encouragement to, to, to evaluate you, where it is you are. What, what is it that you want to be? What is it the thing that you. It, listen, for some of you, you're starting out, you're 15, you're 20, 25. Yeah, wow, I, I got all the time in the world. Oh, yeah, future you. I'm 50. Less time to do that. Pick a point and dive in. Knowing this, knowing this, know, know what Paul said. <coughs> I still haven't gotten up to the top stair yet. Paul said that. So don't worry about not getting to the top stair. But I'm telling you, if you, if you pick a point and, and start working, you'll wherever that top stair that God says, this is the top stair. You know, now you're taking the elevator. Wherever that point is, You're going to be further ahead than had you made no goals, had you evaluated no future, than had you not picked the point and had you not jumped into the deep end. Travis.